everybody. Welcome to eight, episode 84 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill, at Super Duper Flex. Bill, how you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, it's We're officially in summertime-ish, and uh, it's happy to, you know, we can start talking camps and uh, Scott Fishbowl. I mean, how are you? I, I mean, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, I'm with you. Uh, Scott Fishbowl is really starting to get into high gear now. Um, we kind of had the appetizers with the eliminators, the John Bosch eliminators, kind of, uh, you know, gave us a little bit to nibble on. But now we're starting to get into main courses. People are getting their pick selections in. People are getting their divisions in. And, and talking about all that good stuff, we have Chris, and I'm going to say your last name, and you can laugh at me after I mess it up, Moshinsky. Yeah, you nailed it, bro. Nailed Whew. it. I don't know how, but I did. At the Commission FF. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, guys, man. I'm so glad to be here. So having a good night, ready to talk some football, Scott Fish, whatever you whatever you want. I'm here. Hell yeah. And, um, you know, Chris is in an eliminator with both of us in the mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Hall eliminator, which was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Andrew, every round, let a different person pick uh, a player on his team. So were uh, were you guys, guys nice or mean? I was just going to say I was nice. I think I was the third person to pick for him. Uh, I forget what I did for him, but I uh, I gave him a good person. Yeah. What about too. you, Bill? I did too. I was nice. Uh, I figured everybody else was going to be jerks, so I figured uh, you know I'm going to help him out a bit, and uh, you know we we got to help out our guests. So uh, yeah. I like Andrew, so got to help him out. I, I, the choice I made, I didn't feel like there was a bad, <laughs> like a good decision to make. It was like Devin Singletary or Matt Breida. And I was like, yeah, once you I, get to I, a certain point, it's not, there's I'm no like, right answer. Yeah. I'm giving you Devin Singletary, but I don't know if that's really helping your team. So <laughs> probably the better of the two. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> probably. But, um, yeah. So, uh, Chris is an eliminator with us. Uh, obviously the three of us are, lucky enough and I, I say that with all sincerity lucky enough to be in uh scott fishbowl itself i know i'm in the dmx division bill what division are you in again uh the police the police random big, random bill big police fan uh so <laughs> you know it's coming out now yeah send, start singing <laughs> send all of your uh youtube clips of police songs to at super duper flex yeah um, I'd, I'd rather watch cops <laughs> <laughs> and uh chris what division are you in i am in lincoln park lincoln park that's a good one i i was a big uh lincoln park fan back in the day so i was too um, yeah so that that's a good one so we we kind of got that out of the way. Was there any news? I felt like all the news kind of happened last week. Julio got traded. We talked about it. Gus Bus got a little contract extension. None of the none of the big time quarterbacks have been traded yet. We don't have a uh we don't have a uh, uh Aaron Rodgers trade. We don't have a Deshaun Watson trade. So you know, I guess we're sitting and waiting on that if and when those happen. So we're going to do what we do best, and we're going to go right into what we saw in the timeline. And uh, we got this question after I put out uh, the tweet asking, for, you know, for people's questions. And I wanted to put it on top because I like this question. I feel like people talk about it all the time. But since I got two smart people on with me, I want to see uh, what they have to say about it. So this is from... John P. at JPIP6, he said, I went from having one team to having four teams this season. Having a hard time balancing the work on all my teams. Do you break it down one league at a time, one position across all leagues, or do you wait for player news and just make offers for or sending away a player on all of your teams? So, Chris, since uh, you're our guest, I'll let you go first. How many leagues are you in, Chris? Um, not counting like best balls and stuff. So mm-hmm. actually management. Um, I want to say probably about six or seven. Okay. That's a good uh, I added a couple of dynasty startups this year. Like okay. my 
my friends and I were going to do another dynasty ourselves. We haven't, we, we have a keeper league, but we're going to get into dynasty with a bunch of our boys and stuff. And nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to limit it because like, like John said, having four is rough. So yeah, about six or seven. I want to manage. That's kind of like my max right now. I think, I mean, I can be suckered in. You got a startup, man. And then you, someone's like, Chris, you want to do a startup? Like, Give me five seconds and I'm probably going to be in. But <laughs> but for me, I'm around there. All right. So how do you manage all of your teams and, and kind of making trades and stuff like that? Uh, do you use any of the methods that John listed? Do you have another kind of way that you manage all of your teams? So the way I, I do it, um, it's kind of just as far as the waiting for player news to happen – when that, if you wait that long for news to happen, then all of a sudden everyone's involved and it's just going to give you, it's just going to be a headache. You know what I mean? You got to be ahead of everybody else. I think when you want to get certain guys, plus if someone gets hurt and now all of a sudden the backup is in now, their price is now way above what you could have gotten them for a day ago. And it's not really usually worth it in that case. Um, but as far as, as like the management of the teams, if you're lucky, waivers are not the same day. So some may be Wednesday, some are Thursday. So, I mean, I just focus on the waivers that are on Wednesday first. Like, okay, do I need to do any kind of you know blind bids, waiver ads, stuff like that for those teams? Get those out of the way, then focus on the next teams. And when it comes down to game time, I set myself Sunday morning, like however long it takes, uh, go through team by team, one at a time, make sure the lineups are good, no one's hurt, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of just – break it down by when things are happening in each league. And if you know you have a team that's that's like struggling and you need to be active on the waiver wire, you need to be uh, looking for guys to add. I mean, you probably got to focus on those first. So prioritize. All right, Bill. So you are probably in the most leagues out of any of us. So how do you, how do you manage the amount of teams, especially the amount of teams you had? You're muted. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's kind of changed over the course of when I started out with a few teams and now where I am. So like when I was kind of in that four team, uh, like, like John was or is, um, I very much in the off season, I would look at one team and evaluate where I am, what I need to do. Like, is there, a player I want to move and get off my roster, then yes, then I'm going to start looking at teams that might need that position. And then I'm going to, and might need somebody of that age. You know, you got to evaluate what you think the other teams are going to need. Then if you're not sure, hit them up, ask them if they're interested in the player. Um, so like in the off season, I'm trying to do that work and figure out what I can, how I can help my lineup or not my lineup, just my roster in general and get it kind of where I want it to be based on if I think I'm a contender or not. Um, as you get up to, to 20, um, it's a little more difficult um, to evaluate everything so, um, you know, so precisely. So, like, in, if I have free time, I'll pick a team, kind of do that. Um, or if there's something that just crosses my mind, like, okay, this is a player I want to add a few you know, to, to a few of my teams, then I'll go and try to make some moves for, for that particular player. Or if there's a player that I've kind of decided, I think he's on his last year of good um, production. You know, I'll try to get some of those guys off of my team. So it kind of varies. It's not exactly the same all the time. It's um, I would love to have the time to like do what I used to do when I had four teams uh, but I just don't, I don't have the time to do that anymore. So it, it's definitely more of like guerrilla warfare. You know, you're kind of, you know, however you can do it, you got to do it. And, um, you know, that's kind of where I am. It, unfortunately, it just once you get to a certain point, you can't put in the, the, the work that you used to when you had, you know, a handful of teams. Yeah, I and I think you made some good points there, Bill. I'm, I'm in about 10-ish leagues. Um. And a lot of times what I'll do, especially in the off season, is if someone sends me a trade offer, whether I like it or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, I may go back and forth with that player if I feel like we're, we're or back and forth with that owner if I think we're close on value. But that may spur me 
to make some trades in that league. I may just be like, hey, let me take a quick look at my team, see where I'm at, see where I need to improve. And I might shoot some trades out there to other teams. But a lot of times a player will just randomly pop in my head and I'll be like, oh, you know what? I really like that guy. And I don't think I have a lot of exposure. So just as an example, you know, if, um, you know, Elijah Moore, and he's kind of, he's kind of been a big deal on Twitter the last week or so, because he's been lighting it up in mini camps and stuff. But if he just pops in my head one day, I may just quicken all my leagues that I don't have them just say, all right, let me like try to get Elijah Moore on as many teams as I can today. And I may get him in a bunch of leagues. I may get him in one league, you know, but I'll shoot offers out in all my leagues real quick. Like, all right, who has Elijah Moore? What do they need? Can I make something work? And shoot out, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten trade offers like that. So Bill kind of nailed it. It all kind of depends on, you know, there's different strategies. Sometimes, you know, I, I don't have any free time. <laughs> so I wish I could. I, I'm kind of like Bill. I wish I could go back in the day when I had like one or two teams and I could really just sit down and like analyze my roster and go, okay, you know, I think I'm losing value on this player here. I think I can gain value on a player over here. Let me, I, I just can't, you know, you know, Chris, Chris has kids, you know, life, you know, wives work <laughs> just there's not enough there's not enough free time in a day so uh. and just for john like I, I get where it can be overwhelming because especially when you're going from one to four there's a lot more work involved and you you might be getting a little overwhelmed so like i think that you know don't don't look at it as a whole picture just when you have the time take a look at one team and figure out like say hey oh i have extra running backs and I need wide receivers throw that in the chat. You know, you don't have to do all the legwork. Maybe other teams will, will do that for you. If you let people know you're looking for something, you know, and you have these players available. So rather than having to diagnose and guess what people want, you can just like, just be active in the chats and, and that might help you a lot. And, um, you know, and, and just kind of, you don't have to fix it all at one time either, you know, or you don't have to make every move. I mean, this is a long-term game. So if, if you don't fix it this year, maybe you'll fix it next year. You know, like it's play it at your pace and don't don't put any undue pressure on yourself. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if you just do some research, like you guys said, you want a certain player or a certain position. Um, if you know who's an active trader in your league, like like, like you just said, Bill, shoot them a message. Um, my first thought of playing this game, I didn't have that capability. I had to pick up a phone. You know, there was no group chats and stuff like that. Um, now it's just like, hey, you know, Josh, Bill, I'm, I'm look. I, I know you need a running back. I got a couple extra ones. Let me know what you're interested in. Like Bill said, let them do the legwork. Like if you're interested, shoot me an offer and we'll take it from there. So just yeah, one league at a time. You know, one league at a time. You know, it's, it's it's a long seven days between games. It, it feels like it goes so quick, but it's also you got you got time. So find 10 minutes here and there. Look at each one and one at a time. And just, yeah, don't do all the work yourself. And Chris, I love that because I play in leagues with some of some of my actual, you know, friends, you know, and they'll text me. They'll be like, I, I had a friend text me in a league. I have uh, Kyle Pitts. He goes, what will it take to get Kyle Pitts? He texts me, what will it take to get Kyle Pitts? And I said, more than you're probably willing to pay because I know him. I, I know he's a guy that's always looking to get somebody on the cheap. And I was like, and we went back and forth through text, you know, but like you said, there's Twitter, Twitter DMs. We were talking, you know, peek behind the curtain here. We were talking about all of the different apps that, you know, these chats are on, you know, Discord and Slack, Twitter DMs, you know, group me, whatever your group is on, you know, hit them up there and say, hey, you know, private DM. Hey, you know, I was thinking about, you know. Elijah Moore for, you know, Trey Sermon. What do you think? And you could start a conversation like that. You know, maybe the person says, yeah, that first offer is amazing. I love that. Let's do it. But you'll probably end up, you know, going back and forth, throw, you know, throwing picks, taking picks out, adding players, and maybe you get to a point that you both like it. So uh, I love it. So, John, I hope all those ideas helped you out. Like I said, I wanted to pick uh, – 
Chris and Bill's brain on that because, you know, these are two smart guys here and I would be uh, not smart if I didn't do it. So let's move on to the next one here. Uh, this is uh, fantasy scouts at fantasy underscore scouts. If there is one player you don't like at his ADP, who is it? You can only choose one. So we, I, all three of us have some, I think, controversial names. So I, I like it because we're re- we're really going to get into some names that people are going to uh, shout at us about. So, Bill, why don't I let you go first on this one? Tell us who your guy is. Yeah, I, I liked it, and we all have different position as well, so that that's pretty cool. So, um, you know, of course, I pick quarterback, and I was kind of looking um, at what who I would have a hard time pulling the trigger. Um, I think once you get like to the end of the second round, I mean, I really, I don't feel like that's even somebody that I can argue with um, because it just becomes a hodgepodge of every quarterback that's like, you know, probably 10 on. So um, I ended up going with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, It looks like in the DLF ADP, he is uh, number seven overall. Um, I think that's hefty. I, I, Trevor Lawrence is a great prospect and I think he's a safe bet, but so are other quarterbacks safe bets. So like, I don't necessarily think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a top six quarterback year in and year out. Will he be a top nine? I think that's safe. But once you get beyond that, like six to seven guys, there could be a little bit of a drop because, you know, like it's just the unknown is too risky for me like I don't feel like he's a like a surefire top six guy so I can't take him seventh overall um in a super flex draft um just because of that so I know it's rookie hype right now I think we'll see that drop a little bit um before the season but I still think he's going to be a a first round ADP guy um in super flex and even then I still think it's a little high um I would just rather take somebody I know is is successful in the NFL. Um, Like, I don't know where Josh Allen is, but it can't be that different. And I would totally pay to upgrade to Josh Allen over uh, Trevor Lawrence. So Josh Allen, according to DLF ADP and Superflex, is uh, his ADP is three, but he's the second person on the list, so he has the second highest ADP. So okay, and Superflex, he's. The fourth quarterback, he's uh five seven five is his ADP. Okay. Um, so I mean it'll be a little different, you know, just that's just how it kind of plays out. But right. like I'd rather have Dak Prescott than Trevor Lawrence personally, um, for similar prices, just because I know he's in a good offense and I know he's shown that he can, you know, he's gonna be uh in a great offense for many years. So um you know, it's just one of those things. I just feel like people are maybe building up his ceiling more than I think it it should be. I like it. I like it. All right, Chris, uh, who's your guy? So I was looking up DLF myself since you guys were using that too. Um, but my guy is Jonathan Taylor. I should probably duck real quick <laughs> as I say that name. Because there are some truthers out there. Um, uh, there might be one to my left on the screen, or my right on the screen. <laughs> that's all right. So so my reasoning behind it um, is, is I saw he's number two on DLF for, for Dynasty. I'm fantasy pro, so he's four for Dynasty. So he's obviously a, a top top guy, right? Everyone's taking him real early, first-round pick. Uh, he had a good good rookie year, pretty good. Fumble issues, whatever, in the beginning. But, you know, he, he finished strong and – there's no doubt he's a talented running back. Um, my concern, some of my friends share the same same issues, was his workload in college. Uh, will it catch up to him at some point? Maybe. Uh, like Bill mentioned with with Trevor Lawrence and young guys, I rather I rather take. I mean, running backs kind of different. A proven running back, unfortunately, if, he, if he's proven for three years, he's probably on the tail end of his career. But uh, but with Taylor, with the workload he had, maybe a concern. But Naheem Hines is still there. Who's 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 your pass catcher? So you're you're limited right there, um, and there's other running backs who who will do both that I think are going to do better than than Taylor will, and then Marlon back Marlon Mack they they signed and he, he's still there, 
Um, doesn't mean he's going to take 50-50 workload with Jonathan Taylor. I'm not saying that that's an issue at all. But again, I think that kind of limits that ceiling that everyone is hoping that he's going to be hitting year in and year out. So um, not saying he's ranked like 20th, but at two or four, I mean, there's some of the guys that I would probably rather take. Young guys too, like I'm a big Acres guy. I think Swift has a good opportunity this year to have a really well season, really good season. But um, there's other young guys that I, I would take ahead of Taylor. And, and see, that this is what I love about it because Bill's right. I'm I'm a huge uh, JT guy. I will not hide the uh, the love I have for him. But we gotta we gotta put this information out here. We have we have to see the other side. I, I can give a whole impassioned argument about why Jonathan Taylor will do what he did. You but can. Chris brought in a lot of points that we need to consider. We can't we can't look at every player with rose colored glasses. He's John. We love the profile coming out and all this stuff. He's just automatically going to be good, and there's no possible way that he can fail because we've said that about a lot of people, and we've watched a lot of people fail. So I, I like hearing the other side on that. Chris went for running back two, according to DLF ADP. Bill went for quarterback seven, according to DLF ADP. But if you're going to go for somebody, you better go for the king. You better go for wide receiver one, Justin Jefferson. Now, listen, if Chris thought he needed to duck, I need to put on a bulletproof vest because <laughs> the shots will be fired in my direction after I say this. This is, this is my big concern. We saw an amazing season out of Justin Jefferson. And honestly, Pre-draft, I was a huge Justin Jefferson guy. He was my he was my wide receiver two pre-draft. Only person I had in front of him was CeeDee Lamb. But we saw a huge season. Are we are we buying him at his peak? Are we buying him possibly after the best season of his career? I, I worry about that because we love to trash on Kirk Cousins. Everybody does, in the, or almost everybody does in the fantasy community. Bill and I are, are stalwarts that, you Go know, green. We, we, we protect Kirk Cousins. I will too. I'm with you guys. Okay, so we got three people here. We are the, we are the fantasy offensive line for Kirk Cousins. God bless that man. We um, like that. We will protect him. But if you slam Kirk Cousins... And you still think Adam Thielen has a little juice left. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago with the uh, the guy, Amir Smith-Marset, that they drafted. If you think he might possibly be a talented number three guy and Dalvin Cook. All right. Can we, can we expect this hugeness? And I don't even know if that's a word, but it is now. <laughs> from Justin Jefferson. And I, I listen. The numbers people love him. The the tape people love him. So I know I'm going to get it from all sides. But I, I'm a little worried that we may have seen Justin Jefferson's best season, and we're buying him at this high that he may never get to again. So I know his touchdowns can increase. His touchdowns were were pretty low last year, so he could have an increase in touchdowns. But that's my worry, and that's why at wide receiver one. I mean, I would rather take, you know, give me A.J. Brown if we're talking Dynasty, who is, you know, wide receiver too. Listen, give me Tyreek Hill. I know he's 27, but if we're talking about a two- to three-year window, <laughs> we'll be fine with Tyreek Hill. You know, I'd take Tyreek Hill over Justin Jefferson, you know. And I'm sure I could keep going down the list and, you know, maybe Justin Jefferson ends up at five instead of one. But – if if we're gonna go after a guy, he his overall ADP is seventeen. So you gonna come at me, Bill? No, I just noticed that I pulled the rankings off of DLF, not the ADP for Trevor Lawrence. He's actually ten, not seven. So, uh, but my my call still stands. So he's he's QB seven and his ADP is eleven. So you know, yeah. But, my but listen, I mean. These are names. I mean, you can't you can't put slander 
on Trevor Lawrence's name. You can't put slander on, on Jonathan Taylor's name. You, you can't put slander on Justin Jefferson's name. But we're talking about where they are ADP. And a lot of times in startups, it's finding the value and avoiding maybe somebody that even if it's just a spot or two higher, you know, avoiding kind of those traps and getting those little mini discounts, especially we're talking to, you know, I, I think I have the person with the latest ADP, which is 17. So we're really talking like the first two rounds of the draft. At that point, you're just trying to find many values because you're not, you're not finding huge values at that point. Well, it's even worse because his ADP, his average draft position is 17, but he's the 15th ranked based on the ADP. So correct, he's actually the 15th ranked player based on ADP. And, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you saying that you could potentially be buying him at his peak. Well, he's the number one wide receiver, so you're absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that he could improve is becoming like a first round draft pick. Right. And yeah, I mean. I don't, I think he's a safe bet. Like, I don't think he's all of a sudden going to be an 800 yard receiver. Um, you know, I, I, but I like that call. I mean, people, it's a different era, right? And as more wide receivers are added, potentially those targets are going to get, you know, spread. And I'm not sure he's the kind of wide receiver that's going to command monstrous targets all the time. So, I mean, I love him. I'm biased. Like he, you know, he was the guy that I picked out uh, the year of, you know, LSU's national title. Like he's just one of those players that I've always, you know, rooted for and all that. But when the price gets to this, yeah, there's just other places I'd rather go um, at that point. I think I'm not drafting him in any startups right now, I guess is my point. And he's on a team that's running the ball a ton. So again, you're you're capping the ceiling. Now I love Justin Justin Jefferson too, um, but he's he's definitely an, a wide receiver one, you know, absolutely. But for the limited amount of of targets he can get, because they're just going to run the ball 25, 26 times a game. There's other there's other options that are going to gonna be out there. Like I said, Tyree Kill is a great one. They can't run the ball in Kansas City, so he's going to get all the targets. I mean, Kelsey's there too, but they throw it a ton. He's got plenty of volume. Yeah, and. And here's the thing, like, I, I know the tweets will come. We're not saying that these players are bad. We're not saying that we don't like these players. But we're talking about at their ADP, these are players that we're going to look at. And in our minds and what we know and what we've studied, we see other places that we can go where we can pick up that couple of percentage points of, of value. And when you're, I mean, when you're this early in the draft, the first two rounds of a startup, that I mean, that's all you can do. Once you get into the later rounds, you can find the the hidden gems and get you know those kind of big payoffs, so to speak. But in the first couple rounds, you're just trying to, you know, maximize the value as much as you can. So, you know, fantasy scouts. Uh, I hope that helps. Uh, I hope you know. These are guys that you uh, you take a look at and maybe uh, maybe see the other side on them, maybe. So uh, this next one here is from Tyler underscore FF at Tyler underscore FF underscore. He said, you're in a super flex league. Your team is a legit contender, but you need a solid QB2 slash QB3 for your team. Who are you going after on the trade market that you think is underpriced or properly priced and worth it? So I, I actually reached out to Tyler. I wanted to get his roster to see um, kind of what his team looked like. He sent me his roster and it's IDP. Um, and I, I said to him, I said, I appreciate you. I said, but I am uh, IDP is not my thing. So I said, I, I, I won't put your whole roster out there just because I would be, you know, an idiot talking about IDP and I'm, I'm okay admitting that. So we're just going to go, you know, he has a good team except for that super flex spot, but he's trying, he's trying to get a little discount. We're always trying to get a little discount. So here's, here's one. I, and I like this one. This is from friend of the show, John McGlynn. Sammy D, Sam Darnold, and uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, 
the little quote by Robbie Anderson said, you know, Sam Darnold looks like a you know brand new man. He there's uh, more excitement in his eyes than when they were together in New York. I mean, I get that. I mean, yeah, and Chris, I, I believe you're a Jets fan, right? I am. And okay. I, I, listen, I, I am pulling for Sam Darnold. I, I am pulling for this man. So I respect that call, John. And, and I will. I'll say this. I think the Jets have made a lot of good decisions since the previous season, since the 2020 season has ended. Post Gase. Yeah, please. Yeah, everything's got to be better than post Gase, yeah. man. PG. PG. But um, during that time, they put they put poor Sam Darnold with a guy that I don't think has any business being a head coach in the NFL. I don't care what he did with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning ran that team. Let's cut it out. Um, or what he did with Jay Cutler, whatever, fine. They didn't never put an offensive line around them. They never put real skill players around them. <laughs> and they just expected this man to work magic. So the fact that Robbie Anderson, who knew him in New York, is saying, listen, I, I kind of see some hope and excitement in the guy's eyes. You know, it's nice. So I like I like Darnold. I, I was buying him up in the 2020 season, figuring that he was probably going to be either somewhere else or have a brand new coaching staff and, and both happen. So, uh, Chris, why don't we start with you? What uh, Who's your guy? Who's the guy that can be had cheap? Yeah, so I had I had a couple that I was tossing, and actually, uh, we get the Bills. That was my first choice, but uh, uh, I went with Daniel Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes is the guy I'm going to go with here. Um, I had him in a redraft uh, league last year, and I, I had him like personally. I had him ranked like, the 12th best quarterback uh, with his legs. You know, obviously Barkley, um, big season coming out of Slayton. Everyone thought Sterling Shepard, whatever. So he disappointed. Now, needless to say, I remember watching him every week, and I'm like, this guy just threw four interceptions. He's been sacked 17 times. Like, like I cannot handle rooting for this guy anymore. But now that I'm in I'm in June, those feelings are gone. I'm, like, redoing my rankings, my projections, and I'm like, man, Daniel Jones looks – he looks good to me again. Like, not saying he's going to be 12th best quarterback, but there's going to be weeks where he's going to put up some numbers. Obviously, they all – you know, we all know they added Kenny Galladay. Barkley is back. Um, I just, I just think he's got a recipe here, you know, to have some success. Hopefully, he's in his third season. He takes a little bit of a step forward, a few less mistakes, you know. Um, but with his legs, he was so impressive last year. Like he made, he ran out some big runs. Um, I just think if he can increase the efficiency in the passing game, he's going to put up some big numbers. So. Uh, get him now while you can, because if it if it if it works out, you know he's going to be a, a hot commodity coming up soon. So I would, uh, I, I my choice is Daniel Jones. I like that one. I like that one. All right, Bill, who do you got? So, I mean, we've already talked about him, and it's it's just totally he's perennially underrated. Uh, he's if we can't accept that Kirk Cousins is a an efficient quarterback by now, then that's like a cheat code, not the Russian quarterback, but you're always going to get value on his performance compared to his price. And so like, I can feel pretty comfortable saying he's going to be QB 12 to QB 15. And, you know, at the end of the season, if he, you know, stays healthy. So like, but you can probably get him at QB 20 prices. And so that's kind of where I've, I just think it's too easy. And, you know, he's signed through t- for two years. He's getting a ton of money. They can't really cut him. I mean, maybe they can trade him. And then at the same time, you know, once he leaves the Vikings, or if he leaves the Vikings, then I- he's still getting a job after. Like, I mean, he's n- he's still one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. I'd argue the best 20. So, like – I think that, you know, getting him at that price, knowing that you're going to get two, three years, there might be some road bumps over the next couple of years, just if, if Kellen Mann does something, but it, he's still a rookie who was drafted late and we don't know if he's ever going to pop, you know, I mean, the, 
I just feel like he's always undervalued and I'm totally fine um, going after somebody like him. Uh, Chris actually had another good one. That's like, if you want to go cheap, cheap and, you know, hope he makes it through the end of the season as a starter. I think it's a great pick. So if you want to throw that out there too, Chris, the other one, uh, one of my other man crushes as a quarterback is, is Ryan Fitzpatrick. So um, people might be concerned with, with Heineke maybe getting some playing time because we know Fitzgerald, uh, Fitzgerald, Fitzpatrick is going to, he's going to have those four INT halves, you know, sometime during the season. So he may not get you, you know, he's not going to play 17 games this year. But uh, I think if you can get him on like the real cheap, uh, I think Fitzpatrick is going to put up some crazy numbers with Washington. You know, they got obviously the supporting cast there is, is like phenomenal. I, I think so. Um, if he, if he's even cheaper, probably than cheaper than Daniel Jones, he's probably around the Darnold uh, price. I would, I would say Darnold probably is, that's, that was a good call out by John for sure. Um, but Fitzpatrick is going to, you know, if you're trying to win now this season, go for Fitzpatrick. I think he's going to put up some good numbers. Yeah. I like that. And, and another thing about Fitzpatrick and I mean, I think this needs to be stated. I mean, he, I mean, we, we could talk, I mean, he made Devonte Parker a thing, you know, for that one year, like Devonte Parker was a dude that we had thrown out in the trash previous and Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in and makes him a thing for a year. He really did not have amazing weapons in Miami and still always made it work. So, I mean, having now he has Terry McLaurin, he has Curtis Samuel, you know, they just draft uh, Diami Brown. I mean, like, let's go. Like, they have Antonio Gibson. They still have J.D. McKissick. So they have they have running backs that can catch the ball as well. I mean, I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's going to go YOLO, and he's going to throw, you know, three or four interceptions in a game. That's, that's going to happen. But you know what? He's going to fling, you know, a ball 50 yards down the field and hit a streaking Terry McLaurin or Curtis Samuel for a game-winning touchdown, too. Like, you're going to get the good and the bad with him, but I, I really like that pick as well. Uh, Bill hit us, you know, like we said, we're the offensive line for Kirk Cousins. So, you know, we're going to throw our man in there and we're going to, uh, we're going to make sure he gets love. Um, I see, I see Rocky in the chat, Dynasty FF Addict. Uh, you know, he gave a shout out to Cousins as well. I'm going to go with, I think, another Rocky special here. Get Tom Brady. I get it. He's 48,000 years old. I mean, he was playing football, you know, before any of our parents were born. I get it. He's old. But you know what he does every year? He just comes out and he, he just he racks up stats. And we we thought he was dead the first half of the season. Oh, you know, he's, you know. But he's just learning, you know, he's integrating a new offense into what he does already. And then that second half of the season, oh, my goodness. I mean, it was insane. And, I mean, Bill, I'm sorry. You know, it kind of started with your Detroit Lions, I think. It, that was, you know, that, <laughs> that's kind of what the D, what the DBs for the Lions are doing. They're just kind of looking and <laughs> watching guys streak by him. But. I mean, he really turned it on, and obviously we saw what he did in the playoffs and, you know, winning a Super Bowl and everything. And unless this is the year that finally, you know, father time proves that he's undefeated, I mean, he's going to have a good season. He's probably going to be top 12. I mean, we don't like it, and, and, you know, probably a lot of people are anti-Tom Brady for all the success he's had, but for your fantasy team, He's gonna put a, he's gonna put a lot of uh, he's gonna put a lot of points on the board, and I mean a late first probably does it. If you think your team is really in contention, you throw your first round pick for Tom Brady. Someone's gonna be like, yeah, Tom Brady's not even gonna play next year. He also signed a contract extension, so he's gonna he's under contract for another couple of years. So um, I bought Tom I bought Tom Brady three years ago in a sixteen team super flex. And every year the league has been like, well, Tom Brady's retiring after this season. <laughs> and every season Tom Brady, he, he just laces them up and he goes out there and he is a, you know, either a low-end quarterback one or high-end quarterback two every single year. So um, 
you're going to reap reap the rewards for at least you know this year and probably another one unless they, it finally all catches up to them. And as far as I've seen, it hasn't yet. So uh, I like I like it. Um, I feel like Chris maybe was uh, was attacking me a little bit with all the NFC East uh, quarterbacks that he threw out there. He threw out Fitzpatrick and and Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Uh, I like those though. And then Bill, obviously with our new Kirk Cousins, I love that one as well. And I think they can all be had for a very affordable price, a price that you're not going to be upset to pay. You know, you're not paying a top eight quarterback price for sure. So um, I hope that helps Tyler. I hope that, uh, I hope that maybe you can get one of these guys on your team. Uh, Maybe you can get multiple, who knows, but uh and your team uh, just flies to uh, to a championship this year. All right, let's uh, let's actually, you know what? Let's hit this one on the bottom here because we we just talked about both guys. This is from Fantasy Football at C, the Man C, Superflex Dynasty, six point for passing touchdowns. Who do you got, Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold? So. I think I know where Chris stands on this. I know where I stand on it. I think we're going to be on opposite sides. So, Bill, why don't you start us off on this one? Is it uh, is it Sam Darnold or is it Daniel Jones? Yeah, this is a tough one, actually, and I think the results kind of show that. Um, I, I lean Daniel Jones here, I think, um, just because I feel like he's going to get more touchdowns. Um, but and I think he has a little bit more uh, rushing ability, and so and he's on the same team. Like <laughs> those are a lot of things that are positives. Like that, you know, he's 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 comfortable with the players. I mean, you know, kind of what they're doing. I mean, Darnold. I'm just a little worried that a team gave up on him already. Um, I get it. It was a bad situation, um, but I think Daniel Jones is just slightly who I would prefer. Um, even though I'm more excited about the offense, I think in Carolina, um, and McCaffrey is a pretty nice uh, person to be able to dump off to. And, uh, now that I, but so is Barkley. So, (laughs) so, I mean, I can't give it, you know, that much credit as long as Barkley's healthy, which I guess is a big if, but yeah, I think I, if, if I was had the option to draft one or the other, I think I would be drafting Daniel Jones. All right, Chris, who do you got in this one? Yeah, so like Bill, I'm going to slightly lean towards Daniel Jones um, a lot, for a lot of the same reasons. Uh, I just, I mean, I saw, I watched Sam Donald play whenever he was out there for the Jets, and and I, I never saw the fire, even before Gase. Um, his rookie season, he finished off pretty good. Second year, he got mono, like the first guy ever to get mono and missed six weeks. You know, it was just like bad news, so. His career was over in New York, so will he? Will he, you know, re, re, reemerge in Carolina? Maybe he. I like his supporting cast a little bit better. Um, McCaffrey obviously is the, you know, he's like he's great. Um, but DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and him did have a very good connection in New York. So at least new team, but he does have one familiar target. But Daniel Jones, for the reasons I mentioned earlier. Um, Kenny Galladay, Barkley is not too shabby catching the ball either and leaping over dudes as long as his his legs allow him to do it this year. But Daniel Jones just has that running ability um, that unfortunately is just going to put you over the top of like a pocket passer nine times out of ten for me. So um, I know that poll was pretty close and it's definitely worthy of that. I mean, I'm I'm not surprised it was that close. And but yeah, I will I will take. I'll take the safety of, of Jones, I think, over Donald. All right. So I'm I'm gonna be the the lone voice for uh Sam Darnold here. And you guys actually in your explanations on, on why you would pick Daniel Jones brought up a lot of the points uh that I'm gonna bring up in my my pro uh Sam Darnold conversation here. But Sam Darnold, I think going to Carolina, um you know, I brought up the Robbie Anderson thing. He, he looks more energized, energetic, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I think Sam Darnold has better weapons. 
I think he has a better offensive coaching staff. Uh, I think Joe Brady is a much better offensive mind than Jason Garrett. And I say that as a Dallas Cowboy fan that watched Jason Garrett clap his way to a lot of eight and eight seasons. Um, you know, I mean, the weapons there, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who Chris mentioned, you know, they, Darnold and him have that connection from, uh, from the Jets. Terrace Marshall, second round pick. Christian McCaffrey, who I think most people would say is the best uh, all around dual threat, however you want to say it, running back in the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- those are all my reasons for taking Sam Darnold. But the poll, the poll is close for a reason. And the, the poll was, you know, 54.2 to 45.8. So, you know, damn near a 50-50 split on it. And it's because as much as we can give all of the great points about either player, about Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold, we can list a, you know, we can list a lot of flaws for both players as well. So I think it might end up being more of who can keep those flaws in check as opposed to who can uh, can maximize on their strengths and push that across to uh, to a better statistical season. So that was a good one. I, I that went in perfectly with uh, with our previous question because uh, Chris had mentioned Daniel Jones and John had man- mentioned Sam Darnold. So it was uh, it was perfect. So uh, our last one for the night here is from Fantasy Fan Chaz at Fantasy Fan C. Ooh, Fan C. Gabe Davis will outproduce LaVisca Chenault and Clace Chapel. Clace <laughs> Chase Claypool. I can I can talk. I can say words. Chase. Claypool in 2021. So I'm going to repeat that for the people that couldn't understand my incoherent mumbling. Gabe Davis will outproduce LaVisca Chenault and Chase Claypool in 2021. How did I get LaVisca right? And I couldn't say Chase. (laughs) (sighs) Such, such is life. Um, Chris, what do you, what do you think about that? I think I think I personally think it's a bold claim. Well, Chris, maybe you don't. So, so what do you think about this statement? You know, when when I saw that on the on the sheet, I I went to my like projections like right away, and I was like, "How crazy is this?" You know, and it's not that crazy to me. Um, I have I have Chenault slightly ahead of of Gabe Davis. It's not it's not far. Actually, I actually have Davis over Claypool. So. Maybe because I'm a Deontay Johnson type guy, and I, that's my homie right there. So you maybe found the perfect podcast, man. And, oh, yo, meant to be. Meant, yo, yeah, yeah, me. man. Um, so yeah, Claypool. You know, again, no hate towards me. I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm just saying, just I, I just think, uh, I, I, you know. Anyway, this is about Gabe Davis. So yeah, Claypool. He, he's got a muddled offense there. Roethlisberger is also 48,000 years old, but not the Tom Brady 48,000. Um. But yeah, I mean, Lavisca Chenault. Um, there was some news coming out of camp that they want him to be more of like an actual receiver. I think Travis Etienne is going to kind of take over that like scat back role. Flex. I mean, a flex. Um, man, can't talk either. I can't talk. Can't think now. All of a sudden. All right, I passed it on. Um, but he's going to be in the slot role. That's it. You know, in the slot out of the backfield. Yeah, I think he's going to be a little dink and dunk kind of guy where. If Chenault needs to try to come out and be a traditional receiver, outside guy, wherever they're going to put him, uh, it may it may hinder him a little bit. Maybe he needs a little bit more time to get used to that. But Gabe Davis, I mean, they got Emmanuel Sanders. Not really that worried about it. I mean, he had a good a good solid career, but he's getting up there. Cole Beasley, he, he's Cole Beasley. One game he'll get you two catches for 13 yards. Next week will be 13 catches for 100, but not a big touchdown kind of guy. Uh, they seem to like Gabe Davis. You know, he can seem to find the end zone. Uh, I think in his next second, I think it's his second year now, right? So um, should take a nice big step up. You know, I think Josh Allen's going to throw the ball a little bit more this year. 
you know, not run as much if they want to protect their franchise quarterback. So I, I think Gabe Davis uh, will, will likely have some good volume there. And um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised, but I, I still like Chanel a little bit more, but I don't think fantasy Chaz is, is, is wild for that, that call. All right, Bill. I like the, uh, I like the thought, like, I, I do like Gabe Davis. Uh, he had 62 targets last year. So, like, that's – I mean, you got to hope for a large increase in targets for him to to get to that point, I think. I mean, Claypool had, like, 109 targets. So, I mean, that's a huge variance. And so, um, if you think that Claypool, as a second-year receiver, is going to potentially – at least get the same amount of targets. Um, I mean, that's a huge difference. And he's, he's definitely, they look to use him and, you know, get him the ball in different ways. So um, I, 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 I like the thought because I think that, you know, there is a possibility of it. I, I think it's going to be difficult to actually happen. I, I agree that I think Chanel is more likely um, although Chris, you like, um, you like Schnault better than Claypool, right? Yeah, I do have him up a little bit, uh, okay. ahead of Claypool as well. Yeah. I just, I guess I'm, I'm probably biased just in the prototypical wide receiver thing. Like I think that Claypool kind of has that, uh, he, he just reminds me a lot of Kenny Galladay when he was a, a, a rookie, um, but even more impressive um so and Galladay his second year took a huge step and I you know the only thing I think that could be the concern is Roethlisberger's arm um that would be the biggest concern and I agree that Deontay I mean he's the guy um that I if I'm going to pick any of them uh, on that team it's him but I do long term like um Claypool um and I see that uh, John in the chat said he feels like Gabe Davis is going to break out in 2022, uh, you know, when Sanders is gone. Yeah, I, I can see that, too. I think that Sanders will play a role early in the season because uh, they're going to try to get, you know, the vet out there. But I think that Gabe Davis will kind of take over, you know, at some point during the season. And maybe that will limit him a little bit, and that might cause a little bit of an issue. So, um but t big picture, I really like the thought process here because if you look at ADP, it's substantially different between Gabe Davis and those players. Yeah, so a lot of good points brought up. And when I first read this, I was like, wow, man, that's, that's, that's pretty strong. That, that, that's going strong because, you know, I remember when – Gabe Davis was being sold for a first round pick because, you know, he was the guy that got rid of John Brown. He was supposed to be the man. And then like two days later, <laughs> here comes Emmanuel Sanders and everybody just started, you know, crying in their suit because, uh, you know, this was supposed to be Gabe Davis season and, and blah, blah, blah. I think if I had to rank these three, in fantasy production, I think I would go LaVisca, Claypool, and then Gabe Davis. But that's not to say that Gabe Davis can't do it. Now, this is a lot of mini camp talk, and sometimes we know mini camp talk can be, you know, as useless as the air used to speak the words. But it looks like LaVisca right now is the kind of the the star of minicamp urban meyer came out and said that they want him to be used just as a receiver they don't want him to do any of the end around stuff they don't want to do any of the gadget play stuff with him they want him to be used strictly as a receiver and travis etn it seems like is going to be the the slash guy urban meyer called him where you know, he's going to be running out of the backfield, but he's also going to be lining up wide. So once games are actually starting to be played, we'll see how true any of this stuff is. 
but I think of LaVisca is used just in that wide receiver role and he's not doing any more of the gadget stuff. Uh, I think he can blow up on a team that's going to need to throw the ball because let's face it, as much as you know, we want to talk about Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and all of this stuff, they're, they're not going to be good. <laughs> they're going to be down yeah. in games. They're going to have to throw the ball. Uh, and obviously that is, you know, that's going to help LaVisca Chenault. Bill brought it up with Chase Claypool, man. There's three guys there. Uh, we are a pro Deontay Johnson podcast. We have been since, I don't know, <laughs> day one almost. Uh, so Deontay would be my guy as well if I had to pick the number one in uh, Pittsburgh. But, I mean, Juju is back. I don't know what this offense is going to look like with their new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. We don't know what Ben Roethlisberger's arm is going to look like. I mean, there's a lot of we don't know. So Chase Claypool is a real kind of – there's a wide variance of what he can accomplish. You know, maybe he ends up being the, you know, the one and he's, you know, people were calling him Mapletron last year. Maybe – he turns into that guy, or maybe it's just kind of a mess because Juju wants targets and Deontay is going to get targets because Ben Roethlisberger seems to like him and Chase Claypool is the odd man out. I, I don't know. And then what worries me about Gabe Davis is, you know, a team that kind of likes to play defense and run. We saw Josh Allen last year. Josh Allen can throw the ball, so this is not a Josh Allen slam. He is good. But it seemed like uh, Stefan Diggs soaked up, you know, a, ma- a large majority of those targets. And, you know, can Gabe Davis be the number two? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I think when you have guys that close, I mean, you can make a, you know, you can make a legit argument for any one of these three guys and, you know, and, and kind of be right on target. So I, I was looking up the ADP and Claypool's 54, uh, Chenault 71, and Davis is 115. Mm-hmm. So at that price, which of those guys do you prefer? I'm going to have so many Davis shares. I see in like best ball formats and stuff already. I, I He's there so late and I'm all about Gabe Davis at 115 every time. Yeah, that I, I think I'm there with you based on price. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's... Because then you can get somebody else, you know. Yeah, like I said, Claypool has earlier. A, Claypool has a wide range of what can happen. Um, I really think with Roethlisberger's age and, and his health, with with drafting Najee Harris, they're going to run the ball. It should be a lot more. They should have, they should have a legitimate running game now. But he Claypool could could be the number one, and he could have 130 targets um, because Juju maybe they don't use him at all. Mar Deontay Johnson can't catch it. Maybe he gets benched for a week or two. Like, who knows? Yeah, I mean, we hope happen. not. I want to see Johnson get his 15 targets a game and just be my hero every week. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, wow, Claypool at 54. That's that's too risky for me, for sure. Yeah, so that's what mid fifth round. Um, yeah. yeah. So wide receiver one on your team if you if you go running back early or tight end and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm with you guys on Claypool. I think you know 54. That is, that is a rich buy-in for for Claypool. Um, I'm there. I'm at the same place with Chanel, honestly, because there are other wide receivers there. You know that. I mean, we're not talking about that. You know, can be target hogs, and so like. You know, just for the for the cheapest price, getting a guy that we're even talking in the same grouping, like I think that's pretty good value. Now, I I like I think even with the price, I think I still like Chenault the most because I think he has the easiest path to becoming his team's number one receiver. But man, if Gabe Davis is hanging out at one fifteen, you know, I want to be like that little girl in the taco commercial. Why not both? Like. Let me get LaVisca first and then let me, you know, what, four rounds later get Gabe Davis? Okay, like, let's go. Let me have that kind of depth in my wide receiver room. And guess what? If you guys are right, if you, if, and Gabe Davis is that dude, 
<laughs> he's on my team. Like I got him <laughs> at pick 115 or in that area, you know. And if I'm right and it's LaVisca Chanel, you know, all right, I got that guy on my team too. And if it's Chase Claypool or somebody else, you know, <laughs> won, won that lottery because it probably won't be me. But, you know. I'd be really mad at myself if I ended up with the wide receiver core of these three guys. Like I'll say that right now. Like yeah. that, I would not be happy with that. Uh. But no, but, but I mean, when we're talking about, you know, 71st and 115th, I mean, we, we better have some other guys or, or else we're really strong at quarterback, tight end and running back because, um, you know, I can't believe you, you, you know, I mean, I guess you could go seven rounds and not draft a wide receiver, but you know, I don't, I don't think too many people, you know, take that approach. And if they do, then they feel, you know, they feel okay with the LaVisca Chenault and, and Gabe Davises as their, you know, some of their top flight guys. Yeah. But, you know, that, I, that was a good conversation. I like that because, you know, Chris, Bill, and I always say, you know, the but I feel like the best shows that we do are shows where we don't agree um, because, we get to have that debate. We get to present both sides of, the, of a story. And then it's up to the listener to figure out like, hey, like, does Josh know what he's talking about? Probably not. And then it's like, does Bill know what he's talking about? Probably. So, you know, usually it's like, go with Bill. Bill is the, you know, Bill's the brains of our outfit here. But but presenting both sides is is, is so critical because, you know, you know, there are people that are like, man, you know, they're liking, you know, what's coming out of minicamp right now about LaVisca. But there are people who are like, man, I liked Gabe Davis, you know, when they drafted him. And obviously, like, the Bills are putting him in position to be that wide receiver number two opposite of uh, Stephon Diggs. And like you said, Chris, if there's an increase in, in passing, uh, uh, increase in targets going around, Oh, maybe Gabe Davis soaks some of that up, and all of a sudden he's going from uh, 62 targets to 85 or 90 targets. And then we see that, you know, we see that increase. And obviously that's going to lead to more yards. It's going to lead to more touchdowns. And, you know, at pick 115, man, <laughs> Gabe Davis, here we come. So that's it. That That's all we got. Chris. Uh, I want to thank you, man. Thank you for coming on. I reached out to you. You were like, yeah, man, let's do this thing. Um, I, th- I believe we have used one of your tweets before on mm-hmm. the show. So uh, you're a smart dude. I see you around the space. You're you're doing your thing. Uh, you drafted a pretty damn good team in the, uh, in the Andrew Hall Eliminator that I'm going to win. But, I mean, you drafted <laughs> a good team. So I, I do want to give you your, your shout out for that. But please, uh, Chris, let everybody know where they can find you, what you're doing, and what you're up to. Yeah. So first of all, it's, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys. And when you hit me up to come on, I was like, heck yeah. Because um, I know you have used a, a tweet in the past. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And I was going to hit you up and be like, if you ever need somebody to come on and talk about my wonderful tweet, you know, here I am. And hit me up. I mean, my kids go to bed at 830. So give me 9 o'clock start time, man. <laughs> perfect. 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 But um. Uh, I started a podcast with my with my good friends that was like seven years in the making called the Practice Squad uh, episodes. Hopefully, will be coming out sometime soon. Uh, we we do them weekly. Um, usually come out Thursday mornings. Um, and then I've been doing some player outlooks uh, for going for two. So I have a couple of those out. Kyler Murray uh, and Calvin Ridley have come out recently. Um, working on Tua next. So my best friend's a Dolphins fan, X for Tua. So I got to get that out for my boy. Um, but yeah, so going for two.com and the practice squad podcast. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, awesome. for sure. And, and make sure, make sure you tag us on all that stuff so we can retweet it and, and get it out there because, uh, I, I see your tweets and, and, you know, I like your work. You, uh, when you put something out, it's been researched, it's been, you know, well thought out. You're not just putting out stuff to put out stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely hit us up when, when episodes come out of the pod, uh, when your, uh, when your breakdowns come out, hit us up, uh, we'll retweet that out for you. Cause, uh, we love putting out uh, good work. Thank you. So, um, on that note, 
Uh, thank you to everybody in the chat. We had uh, we had John McGlynn. We had Rocky, of course, Dynasty FF Addict. We had my man Drew. Uh, he said a lot of nerves were getting touched when we were talking about uh, the ADP with Trevor Lawrence, uh, Jonathan Taylor, and Justin Jefferson. So I, I'll have to first rounds on me, Drew, to uh, to to get you right to get you calmed down. But um, thank you to to those and everybody else who was in the chat. I mean, when you guys light up the chat, it makes the show that much better. Uh, you know, thank you to everybody who's watching. If you're doing it on YouTube, make sure you uh, you search Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell so you know when we go live. And to everybody listening in podcast form, thank you guys too. I mean. You're spending an hour and five minutes of your day. You could be doing any, literally anything else, and you're choosing to listen to us. So we appreciate it. Make sure you're also subscribed if you're not for some reason. And uh, leave a rate and review. Uh, we like those things. We read those things, and uh, they help us become seen by other people. So on that note, Bill, we are out of here. Late. Late.